brother, I couldn't even tell you 10 people that went to my school because I was that focused and I knew my price. I've been able to have certain luxuries of being able to build my own studio and being able to give back. If I can get someone off the street for a day, and then I'm lucky to be able to do that. That's my getaway. I'm going to walk the dogs and I'm gone. Headphones on. I could be gone an hour, two hours. Relaxation gets me thinking. You know what I mean? What gesture is more powerful than seeing that? Like, yeah, I'm proud of who I am, where I am in my life. No matter what you say, you can't take that away from me. I'm a proud black Turkish man. Welcome to the official DCFC podcast powered by Utilita. I'm Owen Bradley. I'm joined today by one of the most fascinating people in football, as you'll hear over the course of however long this conversation lasts. Uh, he's played... By my count, for 17 clubs in eight countries, he's reached the semi-finals of Euro 2008 with Turkey. Uh, but his views on life and things off the pitch are just as interesting uh, as his career. Please welcome Colin Kazim Richards. Great to see you. Uh, thanks for joining us. How are you? No, thank you. That's a nice intro. It depends whose opinion it's coming from, but uh, it means a lot. Thanks very much. We'll, we'll maybe get into that because something I want to clear up straight off the bat is when you look at your CV and you look mm -hmm. at your career and you look at some of the things that have been written about you, mm -hmm. journeyman, troublemaker, those things come up. Um, that isn't the case though, is it? For me, my perspective, my narrative has never been the case. Um, I just think depending whose opinion, narrative, perspective, whatever word you want to use, uh, that's what they write. I think if you, I've seen a couple of other people that have, maybe traveled and they're, they're, they're globe, uh, globe trotters. then depending on who's writing the piece about me, it's a journeyman. Um, Do you like that term or not? Depends how you use it, as in, as in anything in life, you know, it just depends how you're using it. I've decided to globe trot, see the world um, for reasons that nobody would know, maybe just watching a 90 minute game of football. I wanted to definitely try and use my passport for something productive rather than just sitting collecting dust and use my, my the gifts that I'd been given, but also that I've worked hard for, use it to, to be able to um, see different things, learn different things, understand different things. And ultimately, you know, not knowing that this would have happened, meaning meet my wife, which is, you know, <laughs> uh, probably the most important thing that had probably happened to me during my career away from football you know what I mean so where did you meet I met my wife in um, Geneva airport she was working at the duty free and um, it was weird because in Geneva you can't fly past uh, 11 or 12 o'clock at night because you know it's, it's Geneva they don't want no noise you know so all flights have to be I can't remember it's before 11 or 12 so our flight got cancelled after we played a Champions League qualifier against Sion. And normally Sion, um, it's not in Geneva, it's, it's, it's in Sion, I think. If I'm to be corrected, then sorry, but uh, it's not in Geneva anyway. And um, their, their pitch isn't, it's not, it's not capable to be played on because of Champions League regulations. It's different. So they was using uh, a pitch that was in Geneva. And um, so, yeah, we went to Geneva and my wife wasn't meant to be working the next day. She was meant to be working the night before. So it was just like, you know, it, it's weird. It sounds cheesy, sounds corny, but it was just meant to be in it. I, I, I met her and um, started talking. Asked if she spoke English, she, didn't, she said no. So I just said, all right, here's my number anytime you want to try and call me. 
you know, I, I would like to have a conversation and whatever. And um, yeah, that was in June because Fenerbahce at the time, we was in early preliminaries, which is like, it was early qualifications. She didn't call me till November, October, end of October. So ultimately back to the, the, the journeyman globe trial, whatever you want to say, you know, um, I speak three, four languages. Uh, my kids speak four languages. My wife speaks five. So ultimately, um, in that ex aspect, say say whatever you want to call it, you know, um, it is what it is. And um, me personally, if I was to look, be someone else and, and look into m me as someone else, I'd find it mad interesting. That's the kind of people that I'd like to have conversations with and, and, and like to see, oh, you was here. Oh, how did you find this? And how did you find that? Because going, going somewhere on holiday and living somewhere is two totally different things, you know. And I worked that out real quick in a lot of places. <laughs> where's uh, Where's been the favourite place that you've lived? Oh, Brazil, easy. Yeah, easy. Because? You know, culture, food. First and foremost, the football was just unbelievable, unreal. I learned so many different things and I was 28, uh, learning new things at 28, you know. Um, I got thrown straight into the deep end, you know, sink or swim. And um, again, I'd like to say that, you know, not patting myself in the back, I swam totally. Things were difficult and it's, it's no, it's not no, I think it's not like a weakness to say things are difficult, you know, things were difficult at certain times, um, but just an unbelievable place with the amount of um, different things that they go through, um, poverty, um, crime, they're the most happy people that I've ever come across knowing that their, their, their circumstances firsthand, their situations firsthand. Obviously, my, my, half my family now is, is, is Brazilian, you know, so I know really, you know, have houses there, family lives there. So they are just the most um, affectious, enjoyous uh, people in the world. It's just crazy. So the music, there's so many different variants of music, so many different varieties of food, so many different varieties of people. And um, yeah, that's that's one of the reasons why. And, and winning the league with arguably, depending who you're talking to, the biggest team in Brazil um, was something that I'm going to be honest with you, I never even imagined, never. I always wanted to play there, but playing for Corinthians or after being there for four months, they bought me straight away after I played a game against them, you know, and um, it was crazy. Was, is that the career highlight in terms of what you've achieved? I think so, yeah, because it's so different to what anybody's actually done. Like I said, anything that I can, I, I'm saying to you is from my perspective, my opinion, my narrative. So uh, loads of people will have different opinions, they might not think so because they don't really know. That league there for me, it's, it's, the championship is very similar as in the league table changes so much over like one week, this team can lose and they're, they're eighth and ninth. But the difference with that league there is that you have 13, 14 outright massive clubs, you know, and every year it's a toss up between who's going to win the league. So. Every game is like, is crazy. So for me in my football career, winning that was something that I'd never even imagined. So ultimately it has to be one of the biggest achievements. Do you, have you talked to other players who say, 
I would love to do what you've done with your career and, and travel and, and see the world, but I don't, I don't feel comfortable for this reason yeah. or that reason. Mm, yeah, you, are you surprised more players don't do it? Um, I am definitely, but you know, it's kind of the, the, the culture here, you know, is like, oh, everybody wants to come to England. Everybody wants to play in England. Everybody wants to live in England, you know? And uh, I think every, every country, every, every place has their own problems. You know what I mean? Um, I'm not shocked because ultimately in life, when you don't know something, if you're not got certain aspects or certain things around you, you're just not going to know unless you go out and really do your due diligence and, and try and find out what you're trying to look for. But if you don't even know that that's something you want to look for, you wouldn't know. And um, I think I started that ball rolling where now I think it's very predominant you've got a lot of players now going abroad not to places that I've been but going abroad and ultimately playing and finding themselves and, and getting sold back to England for a lot of money um, uh, but I've definitely come across people that would be oh I'd love to do that but I've heard it's like this and oh my god like I've watched this narcos on TV and uh, <laughs> yeah you know what I mean so um, yeah there are different aspects and different uh T's that need to be crossed and I's that need to be dotted. But at the end of it, there are other things that are are better. You know what I mean? And it's just like, as in life, it's just a finding the balance that suits you, that suits, suits your preference, you know? Uh, it suited me perfectly. I think at the time, I've always been this person. And I think now that I'm 34, people allow me to be this person, you know? Um, I don't get kind of a lot of maybe backlash and 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 um, things being said like uh, I think now they they kind of allow it because I'm I'm 34 and I'm experienced, but I've always had this way of of being who I am, and I think leaving here at that time suited me better. Do you, do you think when you were younger, because you're saying you you are as you have always been, mm -hmm. were you perceived? Were you treated? differently when you were younger because people maybe weren't used to that confidence in a younger yeah, player? Yeah, I think, I think so. In, that, in, 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 the, in the area that I grew up in, um, you know, I'm born in 86, grew up in the 90s, started making, trying to professionally become a footballer from the 2000s and millennials on. So it's kind of like an era that is totally different to now, you know? Now I don't, you don't have like YTs and and, people, and and a lot of players are turning pro. They got pros already written into their contracts from signing schoolboy contracts and stuff like that. I did my YT at Berry. I was on, I left school at fifteen because I'm August birthday, so I left school already in like May. So I was like fifteen, you know. I never went to my school prom, brother. I couldn't even tell you ten people that went to my school because I was that focused, as we spoke about before. Do you know what I mean? I was really that focused. But I just knew who I was and I knew my price. You know what I mean? And um, I was on 45 pound a week. That was my first YT contract, 45 pound a week. My next whole year, it went up five pound a week, went to 50 pound a week. Was this at Berry? At Berry. And, and then my third year YT went to 90 pound a week. So anybody that said, when people used to say to me, oh, you're this big time and you're this and that, like how? I never came from from money. My mum and dad used to work their their butts off. Do you know what I mean? Like so, 
I, I never could understand that because I was sure of myself. And and yet when you're young, do you know what it is? And I worked out as I got older, it's more of your delivery. You know what I mean? Because I could say the same thing now, but my delivery is a bit different. Whereas I might let you finish what you're saying. And then I'll be like, okay, I respect that. But my perspective on that was blah, blah, blah. But when you're younger, you might just be like, no, I don't, I don't agree. Like, but it's not you being rude. It's just that you got to learn that in life. You know what I mean? That That's something you have to learn. You're not born with that. So my delivery could have been wrong at certain times and my delivery could have rubbed off the wrong way on a, on certain people. But I was never um, any other way than, than, than confident and knew exactly what I wanted. And um, yeah, so I think um, for me at that time, it was it was a, a great decision to, 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 to do that. Maybe for others it's not. And I can only just, like I say, I say to the, to the young, younger generation, like I've done it this way and I've done it this way. For me, it worked out this way, you know? So if you're scared of going that way, you can look at me and be like, well, it, it did work out for him. It doesn't mean it's gonna work out for you. And it doesn't mean that you go in left, it is or it's not. But if you're scared of taking that right turn, just know that I did it. And you know, I'd like to think it worked out. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Well, maybe return to the football and, and the career a little bit later. Um, I've got a list of sort of non-football things to, to talk to you about, but I'll go off piece a little bit because when he walked in, he walked up to our sound engineer and pointed at a bit of his kit and said, is it the Apollo? Yeah. And then you had a phone conversation about it. So so that's a, another side of of your life that I didn't know about. M- music production or? Uh, me personally. You've got a studio, is I, that I right? Have a, yeah, I have a studio. Um, and that stems from my dad. My dad is a, is a raster man. And my dad grew up in the era of sound systems. I don't know if you kind of know about that, like sound systems making your own sound and clashing against other mm-hmm. people, you know, that's what we grew up in. So my mum was pregnant with me at 16, had me at 17, my dad was 18, and they was like the first of out of all their friends. So my mum's Turkish, right? My mum comes from Northern Cyprus, came here as a British evacuee, and my dad is first generation Antiguan immigrant. So that's just trying to give you the kind of dynamics of the relationship. <laughs> so my dad was, my mom and dad was the first out of all their friends in East London to have their own apartment, like flat apartment. What am I talking about? Sorry. That sounds so That's like, fine. That's that fine. sounds so snobbish, isn't it? <laughs> they had their own flat. It wasn't an apartment, it was on their estate. You know what I mean? So, and um, so I grew up basically, if anyone knows, I grew up living, not literally living, but it's in my living room, right? inside a tweeter box. Like the younger generation might not know what a tweeter is. So I grew up, this box is literally as big, as high as, as these ceilings, right? And that's because my dad didn't have nowhere to put them, but that was how he was earning money, was going, doing clashes and getting little, back then might be 20, 30 pounds. It's a lot of money, do you know yeah, what I mean? If he yeah. wins the clash. And we used to, me and my cousins used to play inside my dad's tweeter box and play in there and it was a hide and seek. It was a dungeon, like, you know what I mean? Like, it was just crazy, man. Like, at the time I was living in Leighton. And um, yeah, so music's always been a part of my life. My dad was obviously a young man, like in his cars was like, so my dad growing up, he used to go in and out of the bins, you know, like rubbish electronic bins and, and, and find things that people would throw away. But for him, it was like, well, I could fix this up. 
And that's how he became in the clash. He used to make stereos and sell it to people. That's how he used to get little money from like 11, 12 years old. So um, all the cars that my dad ever had when he was younger used to have like eight, two 18 inch subwoofs in the back. Like, so music's been like a part of my life growing up. You know, my dad's a big reggae man, a big lover's rock man, you know, like, so with the work that we all put in over life, you know, I've, I've been able to have certain luxuries of being able to build my own studio and, and, and being able to give back to other people that can come and, and use the studio because, you know, um, you know, if I can get someone off the street for a day doing other stuff that they're not really supposed to be doing, but their circumstances, they think that that's the way that they should be doing it. And then I'm lucky to be able to do that. So yeah, I've got my own studio and, and I've got, I've got, couple artists and, and, and um, yeah, we, we, we move like that sometimes. How important is it, do you think, to have passions away from football? Because we hear so often that you have to be focused and you have to be dedicated, which you clearly were growing up and are still. Yeah. But there is so much more to you and your personality. I think that growth, that kind of comes with you. Because um, I'm going to lie to you, when, when, I, when I was younger, my only focus and passion was football, you know? Uh, like, I knew what I had to do to get out. And I, I just, this is what I need to do. This is what I have to do. I had no B, C, like plan. I had, you know, it was just plan A and I'm gonna ride it to the wheels fall off. Like that, that's how I'm going, you know? But I do think it's important because, you know, sometimes, you know, um, some, some people having other focuses can, it sounds weird, it sounds very weird, but it can make them really appreciate the football as well, even more. You know what I mean? Um, and, and, and I found that with me. I found that like to do all these other things that I want to do, and I want to help this one and help that one, I need to have my football right. My football has to be right ultimately, you know? And um, to be able to help whoever or go wherever I want to go or whatever the case may be. But ultimately I have to do it on the pitch. And that's what I say, like, like it, this will sound very bad to certain people, certain generation, maybe older, but sometimes when I talk to the younger generation, I say, for me, remember like everybody, this is just my opinion. I don't care what your motivation is. Your motivation can be girls, can be cars, can have money, or it can be to be the best but you still have to do it on the training pitch and on the pitch to get all of those things. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, so when I, sometimes when I hear the news, oh, he's got this car, uh, he wants this and he wants that. I'm like, if you kind of just channel that in a different way, rather than saying, no, why have you got this? Rather than just channel it, like talk to him like, so what, you like cars, yeah? What's your favorite car? I don't know, Range Rover, Lamborghini. All right, so how do you think you're gonna get that? by doing it on the pitch, by doing the non-negotiables, by doing extra, do you get what I mean? And that's where I think it just depends on who's talking and whose narrative it is. And, and that's, that's, that's the way I look at it. And I, and I said it to my son the other day, you know, I asked him what his favorite car was. He said a Bugatti. <laughs> I said, okay, well then to get that Bugatti, you know what you're gonna have to do, isn't it? And, and, and that's, some people might not agree with it, that's fine. But I, I, that's how I do it rather than, than just trying to shut it down and be like, no, this and that. No, I'd like channel it the right way. And I think it could definitely be an addition and, and, and could, could make you focus on your football a bit more.
Do you think the kids will, will follow you into football? Would you like them to? I didn't want them to at all. I had no, no love loss, like telling my son, like not telling him, I didn't ever tell him, but just be like, someone would ask me, I'd be like, no. My son was doing horse riding, jujitsu, gymnastics. And then he got to about five and he was just hooked on football. He was like, all right, cool. And to be honest, he's very, very good. Um, but uh, as, as in anything, I'm the firm believer if you're going to do it, you do it right. It's 100%, you know, and um, yeah, that's where he's at at the moment. But like I said to him, don't sometimes because with my son, I'm very, I'm on him, you know, and uh, I said to him, don't think because it's football, I'm on you. Like He's very good at drawing as well. And I'm on him. Do you know what I mean? I'm on him. Like, do it. Practice. Practice makes better. That's our slogan. We say it every day. We've got mantras before we go to sleep. Now nah, I give them their mantra. Practice makes better. You got to practice. You understand what I'm saying? And it's not because it's football. He could be, if he wanted to be a horse rider, he'd have to be the best and put it in. Do you know what I'm saying? So that's it. I'm going to take a, a left turn and ask you about dogs. Because yeah. the first time we met, the first interview, what a fascinating conversation off air as well. Um, and you start telling me about your dogs, of yeah. which you've got quite a few and have yeah. quite a passion for. Yeah. Um, again, stems back from my parents. Always had dogs in the house. Uh, Rottweilers. Uh, one, my, my first ever dog was a, was a Rottweiler uh, called Ash. And that was my dad's dog. And then it's just, it's just gone from there. And then it just became of, it became the thing, sorry, of... Um, we are people that are in certain spotlights. You can get envious people. You can have people who are hating. You can have people that see opportunity, you know? And, and um, I learned very quick that invest in myself, in my protection as well, of having some dogs at my house or, and with me, uh, rather than me maybe go out and buy something that, that I'm not going to need in two, three weeks. Um, my dogs are, are my best friends. They're always going to be there with me. They're always going to protect my family. And yeah, that was the first thing that I bought with my money that I saved up from Barry. Was was my dog Simba, a Rottweiler. And he died literally two years ago. Can you imagine that? He was, what's that, 18, six, he was 16. Wow. Yeah. Sad. You know, and now I've got I've got a few dogs, and and people always come to me to source dogs, and it's kind of something that we're about to 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 expand on, um, because I think it's definitely is important for people that first of all want a companion, but also want some some guaranteed security for you yourself as well. You know, you know that's 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 my dog. <laughs> you know, that's 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 my guy. You know, or or, or my girl. It depends. I've, I've had loads of female dogs as well. Um, what was the story about, there's a specific type of dog, I think in Brazil, because of some rodents, is that right? Oh, no, no, so I have also, so everyone might think I have like, I have big dogs, I have banned dogs, I have, so a banned dog is not a dog that's banned people, so don't get onto DCFC's <laughs> Twitter, please. A banned dog is a dog that's been banded together, Yeah. actually started in England, you know, so I have a banned dog, I have a, a Donovan Pincher, have uh, some cane corsos as well, but 
um, living obviously abroad sometimes you start to realize there are different types of animals that come into your garden and 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 <laughs> crazy you know like living in different different countries you really start to know like well we're not in England no more you know so I have Pomeranians as well as well which are and you would never picture you with a Pomeranian you would never I have, a, I have six Pomeranians and a Yorkshire Terrier like we've had Capravara, you know what that is this is, I think this is what you told me about before, yeah. So I've come home and they are protected in England and the dogs would never, they are like like massive. They, certain places in Brazil, like in my residence, they walk around walk around free, freely because there's a, like a reservoir that goes through a lake. And they're like, they're like big rats or what? They're what rodents, yeah, rodents? but they're, they're big. Like they're, they're like... My size. Yeah, if he was on all yeah. fours, probably bigger than you, brother. <laughs> but they're big. And I and I came home one day, I promise you, and there was one in my pool. And the dogs are going mad inside. And I was like, what's, what's happening? And I go outside. Like, I'm not scared of much, but it was just weird. So I ran to get my missus and I, I'm like, yo, what's that? Oh, it was so like, are you serious? Like for her, do you get what I'm trying to say? Growing mm. up in Brazil, it's, no it's normal. There's no, it's big, no big, deal. big deal. But for me, it was like, what the was going on? Like it was a massive, it was massive. It's on the steps. They, Cause they don't go, they can't just stay underwater, but it was on the steps and just chilling. Cause it was a hot day on this, on like the second or first step, like everything under, but the head, like massive brother. I'm telling you like, like, so I've got like a, a band dog is like about this big and I, I promise you it's about the same size, but maybe as wide as this table, like, like that, just girthy, like big. So yeah, so I've, and, and obviously, you know, you've got animals that try and, like for example, you've got different type, there's different names. So people don't, I can't off the top of my head, but you've got like raccoons, right? And then you've got other types of raccoons, but they're not called raccoons and they come in and they go through your bins and like, you got to remember being in a hot country, when your bin's been turned over, you come out in the morning and it's just disgusting. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like 40 degrees pounding on rubbish. So you can imagine the smell sometimes. So yeah, the dogs, they just keep things away. So that was one of the reasons why I got a couple of terriers and plus my missus thinks they're beautiful as well. But yeah, they get on my nerves, man. They're worse than the bigger dogs. They're, they're so... So bad with the noise, man. I've got a Jack Russell and, and she's yappy. Um, uh, are the dogs with you at the moment? No, well, man, please. I hope my, my wife don't see this because because of this COVID, there's only one company that flying the dogs over, which is Lufthansa, and it's not flying direct to, to England. It's just been an absolute headache. And I get pounded by my kids every single day. So they're back and, in uh, Brazil? Or? They're in Mexico running up a crazy... Hotel bill. I've got two in Mexico at, at our house. Um, at my sorry, at my my uncle's house, which is my my wife's uncle. And then uh, the the Pomeranians are with six of them and a Yorkshire Terrier. They're running up a crazy hotel. Like well, not a hotel, a kennel kennel bill. You miss them? Me personally, those those ones. No, the noises. But the other ones you do are crazy, like crazy, because that's my. That's my getaway. I'm going to walk the dogs and I'm gone, headphones on. I could be gone an hour, two hours. It's just relaxation. Gets me thinking, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I miss them a lot. But the little ones, nah, they make, the brother, they make a lot of noise, man. It'd be three o'clock in the morning and they're just, 
a fox is running the garden or wherever it may be and they're just gone. So, yeah. Let's talk about something a bit more important. Um, a lot my, more do- important. my dogs are important though. True, true. <laughs> um, the Black Lives Matter movement and actually racism in football more generally mm. because you've dealt with a lot of it. Yeah. Um, I think I've read, you've said in interviews before, more in England than, than anywhere else in, in the world. But yeah. on Black Lives Matter, first and foremost, you don't take the knee. No. Uh, and you have a reason for that. Again, some people might not agree, but it's coming from me. Um, I believe that a knee is a subdued, a submissive position to be in, first and foremost. Like I don't, on any other situation, I wouldn't be taking a knee for anybody. Do you know what I mean? Me personally. Secondly, I think um, I think it doesn't. It's gone past what it was supposed to do, you know? I don't think it doesn't actually have like a a shock value anymore or conversation to be had anymore. It's just, all right, players take the knee before the game and and, and that's it. It's just like shaking hands now. You know what I mean? Um, I've seen people tell me like, but what you're, I've seen, I've seen it written, like what you're doing with the black power fist. Because that is what you do instead, isn't it? But it's not a black power fist for me, you know? It's a proud fist. You could do it. Do you know what I mean? Uh, for me, it's like that shows like I'm proud of who I am. Like what what is what what gesture is more more powerful than seeing that? Like yeah, like you know what I mean? Like that that is I'm proud of who I am, where I am in my life, what I've achieved. Like I'm proud, and no matter what you say, you can't take that away from me. You know, I'm a proud black Turkish man. You know what I'm saying? And I've had probably in this country, mm, like blatant, more racism for being Turkish than I have for being black. Is that from players or fans or, or both? From, from both. Nah, no player could ever be direct, I, I promise you, could ever be directly racist to me, ever. And that's not me acting like a tough man. That's not me acting like I'm big bad because I'm not, I'm, very, I'm just very honest and very direct. They could never. Um, but I've had like slight, like when I was going to play for Turkey, like the first time, oh, why are you going to play for them? Oh, it's a disgusting people, like like stuff like that. And I've had to be like, big man, like if you've seen my name, like I am really Turkish. It's not like, like I am. So what are you talking about? And then you get, oh no, no, I didn't mean it like that. Like stand on what you mean then bro. Like, what do you mean? You know what I'm saying? Um, coming through Berry. My, my best friend to this day, Luke Horrocks, I came up with him. You'll be able to tell you like, so this is not just straight from me. If you ever need a, <laughs> a reference, I can give you his number. Like we had bananas put on our pegs and we, we couldn't find out who it was. Like, you know, like, that's what I mean. Like not blatant racism, like oh, you, like in my face. Cause that, that couldn't happen. I mean, it's, it's pretty blatant. It's quite, no, sin- no, what, it's quite sinister. I mean is, yeah, that's sinister. But what I mean is like direct, like, yeah. like a guy, are oh, you black? Like a yeah, player yeah, yeah. like that, that Luke had that and you can probably see from Barry's record, he got suspended because the reaction wasn't a good reaction mm. for the for the guy that did it. So we had like bananas put on our pegs and, and, and stuff like that. And this is not to disrespect Barry FC in any way because man, the process for me was one of the best, best times in my life. So difficult, but was one of the best times. Um, yeah, so stuff like that, like had bananas on our pegs, we couldn't, and this is kind of where I got the kind of name, like not name, but people talking, oh, I don't touch him because they didn't know what was going on. 
because I wasn't the type that was going to the coaches because the coaches knew. But back then it was kind of like, ah, oh, well, what do you want me to do? You know what I mean? Like James Barrow, I don't know if you ever heard of Graham Barrow. He was like Wigan coach and, and Berry coach, like amazing man. He's took me into the first team at Berry. And James Barrow was the actual guy that went and told the club directors what was going on. And their, their thing was like, oh, well, we don't know who it is. What do you want us to do? So me being me at the time, and this is not to sound bad or I'm this tough guy because I'm very, I'm a very simple man. But I was, I'm, I'm also proud. And at that time, my pride was getting smashed because I just didn't know who it was. And, you know, you come in and people are like, <clears throat> like, like that, like, so... Being a young man, like I told you, my delivery wasn't the greatest, maybe to some people. At that time, these guys were older than me, I was the youngest. So what did they have? They all had cars. So I went outside and just smashed their car. And I said, if it carries on every day, that's what I'm gonna do. Because I, what you're valuing to you, like what is value to you, you're disrespecting my value to me. You know what I'm saying? If that makes so sense. So I'm going to do the same. So you. I'm going to do the same. And then, but then it becomes like, oh, you're smashing cars. But I'm like, bro, they're putting bananas on my peg. They're cutting holes in my jeans. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, like the football banter. Like, it's like, I laugh now because it's like, it's so crazy to think if I would go in this change room now, me being 34 year old man and cutting out, for example, Katie's jeans, knowing he's still in school He's 16, it's not even him that's buying his clothes, right? And cut a hole in his jeans, cut his laces out and wait and watch for him to put his jeans on and start laughing or, or there's bananas on his face. It just doesn't make no sense to me. So, and that's kind of how I think that snowball of being a troublemaker kind of started descending. Has the game, has society made progress, you think, in terms of the way you were treated, do you think that would happen now? Do you think it would be dealt with differently? Oh yeah, definitely. I definitely believe it would be dealt with differently. But would it be genuine? I don't know. Or would it be like the the kneeling? Lip service, you mean? You understand what I mean? I don't know. I don't know. Um, like I said to you, that's why I stand and I stand proud because for example, what happened at Millwall, I, and I swear, I swear to you, on everything, I'm not saying I'm the most intelligent person in the world. I'm not saying to you, I have never made mistakes. I make mistakes every day. We all do. You understand what I'm saying? But I always said, I said, I had this conversation with my dad because I saw the kneeling going on while I was in Mexico. And I just, was, you know, my dad's a young man still. My dad's 52. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Say. So my dad was my first best friend, my mom and my dad. Do you understand what I mean? So we have conversations like friends. And I said, I'm, I'm never gonna kneel because I know there's gonna be a time where I will feel disrespected and in a kneeling position, being disrespected is like spitting in my face. So I said, there's, there's no way I will ever do that. I'm gonna stand and stand proud. And if you wanna boo me, then you boo me, but you know I'm proud and there's nothing you can do because these, these people that do stuff like that would never do it in my face. You know what I mean? And as I'm saying, I'm the hardest man in the world, but it's different when you're looking in someone's face and you're like a centimeter away, do you know what I mean? So that was one of the main reasons as well, but there are a lot of good people, black, white, Asian, that are trying to make massive steps. But I think like what we need to do is make these steps at home first. 
Stop worrying about what's going on everywhere else. Do you know what I mean? Like, let's get it right here. Like, like I think Bob Marley says it the best. Like, um, how can you point your finger when your hand is dirty? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, let's clean our hands first. Let's be the example. And then we can move. So that, that's my take on it. Whoever don't like it, doesn't like it. We can have a conversation. I'm not ignorant. We can have a conversation. I think that's what we need to have is conversations and 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 then put people in place that understand diversity. You know, I just want the privilege to be right and the privilege to be wrong. Uh, that's 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 what I'm fighting for. I'm not fighting for no one to get, for example. Don't get me wrong. I want people in place that deserve it. And if they're black, if they're Asian, that's amazing. But I'm not fighting just for someone to get it just because they are black or they are Asian or they are Turkish, you know, because then what I believe is if they wasn't capable of the job, it then sets back someone who is black, Turkish, Asian, that is capable. But because he got rushed into it, it's like, I'm not even looking at him no more. Like, like these guys, I don't know, you know what I mean? I'm fighting just to have that right to, 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 to have the benefit of the doubt. You know, and I think and for me personally, from my, <clears throat> how can I say it? From my experiences, I, I, I've never been given the benefit of the doubt, you know? And um, it's sad, it is sad, but I don't lose no sleep over it because like I said, I'm trying to create something for my kids where they can have the benefit of the doubt and they can be allowed to have mistakes and they can be wrong and it's all right. I think I tweeted something out yesterday, like you can be angry. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you can be angry, but just don't stay on to the anger. Like, move, do something with it. Like, go punch a punching bag. Like, get over your anger quick, because when you hold on to it, that's when, like, you make mistakes. You can make a big mistake. So uh, that, that's my view on things. I don't know if it's politically correct, but, you know, like, stuff like, I think, for example, Black History Month, I think something went around. Might be wrong, okay? So don't quote me. Um... But I think something like four post boxes were painted black, something like that, for Black History Month. No disrespect. I don't know what black people they're talking to. <laughs> like, you come talk to my black family, like, what, what do you want for Black History Month? They'll be like, telling you, like, looking at you, like, you're right. Four, four black, four, four post boxes have been painted black. Like, do you understand what I mean? It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, A lot of yeah, stuff, yeah. you know, and, and that's my thing. That's why I, I do what I think is right for me, because then when it turns out not to be right, yeah, all I can look at is myself. I can't blame you. I can't blame him or her. I chose to do that. Do you know what I'm saying? So. Let's, uh, let's swing back to the football for, for a couple of final questions. Um, is there anything, and, and you've had a brilliant career and, a, and, a, and a really interesting career with all the places that you've been to. Was there a move that, nearly happened but didn't or was there something you wish you could have done somewhere you wish you could have played that you've not had the opportunity to yet um first of all like you know sometimes you know how can i write it media outlets write some crazy stuff like they really do like i saw some fenerbahce ripped up his contract how how i sound like kanye west <laughs> no but how seriously if that was the case, then why, why, why Arsenal didn't rip up Ozil's uh, Mesut's contract? If it's as easy as that. You know what I'm saying? Like, like sometimes it, it just writes some crazy stuff. Everything I've ever done has been my decision. Now, to, 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 to do it, of course a club has to agree, I have to agree, and we come to an agreement. 
You understand? But a club can't just make me or whoever. Right, so take me out of it. Club can't just make a player go out and learn, right, you have to go here. It doesn't work like that. Do you know what I mean? Um, so every decision I've made, right or wrong, has ultimately been my decision. Like going to Olympiacos, it's the worst decision I ever made. Amazing country, amazing city, Athens, beautiful. Had an amazing time away from football. Yeah? Won't even get into that because we'll be here a long time because <laughs> there's the same owners that own. Sure, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Say no more, yeah. yeah. So, was was horrible. And Fatih Terim, who propelled my career, brought me into the Turkish national team, playing me at times where my times at Fenerbahce was difficult and I wasn't playing, but still taking me into the national team and starting me. He literally begged me not to go. And he's a man that is proud. Like, you think I'm proud? This is, if proud had the picture, it will be his face. No, seriously, the, a proud man. So when he feels that his pride was gone, where I was just like, look, he, he called me six times. I remember it to this day, even my wife, a couple of times I didn't even pick up. My wife was like, no, you should pick up. Like, come on, man, he's, it's, it's more than football, you know? And I was like, no, nah, I just didn't want to deal with it. I'm, I've made my decision, I'm going. I didn't want him to change. And he's like, chasm. That's how he talks, chasm. Now I'm son, yeah. I was like, what, what are you doing? Like, we need you, bro. I had crazy stats. Like, I had something like, what was it, 12 games, seven goals, and I had like six assists, like before December. Like, do you get what I'm saying? Like, I was tired of the environment I was in. And he said, no, why are you going there? This is Galatasaray, you know? Like, this is me, come on. And I was like, listen, Hodja, and it's like, gaffer, coach. And I'm like, I need to go. And he's like, all right, you, you'll feel this. That's what he said, you know? That was his last thing, and just do, do, do. You know, that was what? My son's gonna be 10 in March. He had his first birthday in Greece. So why are you talking 10 years, 10 years ago, nine and a half years ago, wherever it may be, yeah. Whatever. You know, when you're young, things just fall off you, innit? Went to Olympiakos and um, you know who was the coach? You know the little guy who was the coach of Barcelona before the last one? Is it, it starts with a V. Um, you'll see it anyway. It was literally the last Barcelona coach. I got there, he didn't even know my name. So like the president and the directors wanted me, he didn't even know my name. So I got there and he was like, ah, oh. like, oh, what's your name? <laughs> what? From there. So straight away you straight knew away, was... I was like, wow. Okay. Wasn't playing much. Don't get me wrong, the structure, no. Training the facilities, that's a better word to use, structure, we won't use that. Are amazing there. It's Olympiacos, isn't it? Champions League. They was like winning everything until Pauk last year. In between in football, like the politics of football that no one teaches the young footballers, which I would love to do. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, you know, like this is what I'm saying, the delivery. You understand? And you, th and, and you think that got you a reputation? Not just this situation, but, but a lot, a lot of the politics, yeah. definitely. Because like, I grew up, my dad made sure I know my value and I tell my son and my kids, my daughter and my other son, know your price. That doesn't mean know that you're worth a hundred million. That's not what it means. What I mean by it is, know your price, meaning know how far you will go and what it could take away from you or what it could, meet, or it could be to you. 
you know, and I've always stood by that, you know, and that's why I think in this moment in my life, I'm in a very good space because I've always done stuff knowing my price and knowing my value, you understand? So, so then I decided not to take the option because the option was mine. And why, why I'm saying is, sorry to go on to it, it just comes back around to you asking me, is there anything I did that I'd come back? And where did I go back to? I went back to Galatasaray. And Fatih Terim made me feel it, took me to every single game, didn't play me, made me like on the bench. Imagine we went to the Emirates, remember the Emirates Cup? We played in the Emirates Cup. The Emirates Cup is two games over two days. Saturday, if you win, you play the final Sunday. Did not put me on for one second. And he made me feel it. And I respected him for it. Did he, did he say anything to you or did he not need to? Didn't need to. I knew exactly what it was going to be. And like I told you, I'm a man of, I made my own decision and I live by it. You understand what I'm saying? Like, so it was like, I respected it a lot. Until this day, I messaged him all the time on his birthday. And, and when he was, he, he was sick recently with, with COVID and stuff like that, I messaged him. And he, he's a family member, man. He's like a big uncle, granddad even, you know. And I respected it because it's something that my dad would have done. You know, we say in, in the West Indies, if you don't hear, you must feel. And I felt that. And uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was something that I shouldn't have done, but I did. And I, and I own it and it's an experience that made me even, even stronger. And then something that I wish that would have happened was after the Euros, Inter Milan made a bid, a bid for me um, and, it, and, it, and then it didn't work out because Fenerbahce wanted a bit too much money. And um, that was something that would have been amazing. I went for it, you know. Fenerbahce played at the Euros, we came third joint third because obviously in the Euros you don't have a third place playoff where you didn't back then and then um, yeah but other than that I've, I've, I've done everything I wanted to do meaning travelling wise there are a few other places but you know I'm starting to find a home here and I've got some unfinished business here that we need to take care of and um, but to this period yeah I, I've, I've man I've played in some amazing places some amazing games like crazy games like Solo Americana you know, that's like the Europa League of the Libertadores playing in 60,000 in, 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 in Argentina and getting clapped off the pitch because we beat them, you know, and then going to Medellin and getting absolutely smashed by uh, Nacional. When I mean smashed, brother, like they won the Libertadores and they won the Sol Americana that year, you know. And uh, yeah, playing in front of what is 30,000 crazy Colombians then. So... Man, I've done, I've done a lot, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy that I can come here because I think everything built, everything that I've done football-wise has, has has made me ready for this situation that we're in and built me for this. Last question, and and when we and we might have to get you back on to to talk again because it's fascinating. But when we spoke the other day, you, you were sort of laughing about, you know, I'm not there yet. I've still got a couple of years in me, and and yeah, you know, I don't doubt you for a second. Where do you think you'll end up after football? Where do you think you'll settle down? Man, I promise you, if I told you, I'd be lying. Because I know my life. I know my, my, my journey. I've always been the, 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 as you made a joke about it, the guinea pig, right? I've literally been that through my choice, you know? So for me to say, yeah, I'm going to do this and do this and do this, man, after football, I don't know. Because there's so many different avenues that people are trying to pull me towards and trying to tell me to go do this and this will be good for you and that will be good for you. It's another journey that I have to find out on my own and I have to be ready. But what I do know is that I think I can relate to 
anyone and everyone. I've lived in the most radical religious countries in the world, whether it's Muslim, Christian, Catholic, lived in Mexico, crazy religious, lived in Brazil, crazy religious, lived in Turkey, crazy religious. You know what I mean? So I can really relate to young, old, this culture, that culture, this color, that color, this language, that language. So I think I've got a lot to give. And football-wise, like I told you, man, I, I, I want to play till I can't move no more. Um, luckily, I'm, I'm, I'm genetically uh, built very well because of my, my, my family. My, dad, my dad's a beast. Like, you, you guys think I'm strong. Like, this guy is an animal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I definitely have something to give to football. I definitely believe that um, whether it be coaching, whether it be managing, um, something that we have to look into. We've had some little talks and, and stuff like that through through agents and that. Like, see what, what I want to do. Because it's time now. Let's come on, bro. It's time to, like, sit down and, and try and have a plan. But like I told you, man, I know my life and and it's always been left, right, left, right, straight for the best. I wouldn't change anything, you know. I really wouldn't. I wouldn't change anything because... I definitely believe the next generation is going to be better for, for, for what I've been able to go through, not just my family, because I treat every child, every, every person that wants some type of knowledge or asks me a question, I, I give them exactly what I give my, my kids. You understand? Because I believe that that's what's going to make the world better. That's what's going to make the next Colin Kazim Richards that comes from Leighton, E10, Leibridge Road, coming from a council estate, you know, coming up through mum being Muslim, dad, dad being a Christian, turning into a Rasta, better. Do you know what I mean? It's not me being some, some, oh, I can see the future. Nah, it's, come on, it's just logical, isn't it, brother? You, you know, I, I deal in a lot of logic, like things that are just very, it's very simple. Like they say common sense is not common. It's just common sense, isn't it? Like, you know what I mean? So I think definitely like, it's just like that. Colin, I knew it'd be interesting. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for your time. No problem. Mm-hmm.